Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for March 18th, 2022. On today's word, on this podcast, I teach the word of God on a daily basis. We get into the word, we hear what heaven is saying, and I share it with you in a way, hopefully, prayerfully, that you can see, hear, and understand. I like to break down the word in a way that anyone can understand it. I'm called to do it, and I pray that you open up your heart to receive. Listen, God has some things that he wants to share with you today about his son, Jesus, and when you get a hold of these things, I believe that you will never be the same. So please open up your heart to receive. Let's get into the word for this morning. So we've been studying the life of Jesus, and uh, we've been looking at the gospel according to St. John, and we looked at John 5, 6, 8, 12, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. We're in chapter 19. This is Life Lessons from the Life of Jesus, part 48. And finally, we got to the point where Jesus said, it is finished. Jesus said, it is finished. I know we're still a couple of weeks away from Resurrection Sunday morning, but I was led to start this series early, like we're in the middle of Lent, you know, the 40 days leading up to the resurrection. And so thinking about all the 40 days leading up to um, Good Friday and then also Resurrection Sunday morning, as we're thinking about that and we're in this season and we're thinking about Jesus, I've been sharing messages with you about the life of Jesus, uh, especially about all the things that happen on the road to the resurrection. I hope that you've been enjoying it. As we get to today's message, I, I need to kind of take a holistic approach to the words, it is finished. So once again, this is what Jesus said. This is John 19 and verse 30. The Bible says, when Jesus had therefore received the vinegar and he even, you know, they gave him vinegar to drink. And I already told you that was prophesied. We went through all these prophecies and all of that. After he received the vinegar, that's it. The vinegar was the last prophecy. After he received the vinegar, all the prophecies were fulfilled. And so with that, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. Nobody killed Jesus. Nobody took his life. He gave up his life for us. No one could take his life. He bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. So what does this mean for you today? As we're in Lent, as we're thinking about Jesus, we're thinking about the resurrection, I have a few things to share with you in this morning. This is where I need you to rid your heart and mind of all distractions. Number one, you ready? Here we go. Understanding what Jesus meant when he said, it is finished. Sometimes I just give you boom, 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 a lot of nuggets, a lot of points. Sometimes I have to kind of give you a history lesson, and that's kind of what I'm going to have to do today. For you to understand it is finished, you got to understand what Jesus was finishing. So let's talk about it. So Jesus said it is finished. Jesus was born of a virgin in a manger in Bethlehem. He lived most of his life in what you know many would be considered like a normal person or a normal man, other than the fact that he had never sinned. I want you to think about that for a moment. Jesus never sinned. He never looked at a woman with lust. He never sinned. He never took something that wasn't his. He never sinned. Not even once. This is how he was the perfect sacrifice for our sin. Jesus was not tainted 
in any way. Jesus, I'm not perfect, but Jesus was perfect for me. I'm not sinless, but Jesus was sinless for me. I'm not righteous, but Jesus was righteous for me. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. Under the law, uh, the priests could not start their Levitical ministry until the age of 30. And so Jesus waited until he was 30 to start his ministry. I want you to think about that too. I mean, there's a lesson even in that. Jesus waited 30 years for a three and a half year ministry. Jesus prepared for 30 years, growing in wisdom and understanding. For 30 years, he prepared for a ministry that was only gonna last three and a half years. And sometimes today, people don't wanna wait 30 days. I mean, like, you know, you gotta, there's a level of preparation that's required. You must be processed to be able to carry the weight of the anointing associated with the assignment. Jesus waited 30 years for his ministry. At the age of 30, he was baptized by his cousin. He walks up to John the Baptist, his cousin. He's ready to be baptized. The whole, the, the fullness of the Godhead was manifested at the baptism. And so, so the son was standing there. The father spoke from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove. And so you had father, son, and spirit all manifested on the day that he was baptized. He was baptized then by his cousin. He then spent about three and a half years ministering in Galilee and in Judea. And when things got heated with the rulers of his time, then he spent a few months ministering in Perea, that was east of the Jordan. And so he was doing that to stay out of the, the clutches of the Jewish religious elite. He was always having problems with those people. After raising two people from the dead that had just recently died, and so he stopped the funeral procession, raised this boy back from the dead. After this woman had lost her husband and she had just lost her son, Jesus gave her her son back. He raised uh, Jairus's uh, daughter from the dead. And so she had just died, boom, but he raised her from the dead. And Jews believe that sometimes like the spirit of a person hovered over the body for like three days. So maybe these people were dead. Somebody could try to make the argument that they weren't really dead, but then he raised Lazarus from the dead. And nobody could argue that Lazarus wasn't dead. This man was dead for four days. His body was already stinking His and rigor mortis was setting in. And so he raised Lazarus from the dead. And after the resurrection of Lazarus from the dead, then the fame, the, the fame of Jesus went out. He he already had, you know, a, a, a crowd, a following, but it went out even the more after this amazing miracle. He raised somebody who had been dead for four days. And so after that miracle, it was clear that the father had done enough. And so, at, at, you know, to, to prove to everybody that Jesus was the Messiah. So now after that miracle, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he was getting ready for his own death and resurrection. He was like, I just resurrected this man from the dead. And, and just like Sorry, that, could you say that again? just like that, I'm going to be resurrected from the dead. And so they couldn't get it. They didn't understand it. A lot of things with God, you don't understand it until later, right? You, you don't understand it until hindsight. And so he was explaining things to his disciples. And a lot of times he said, you're not going to get this to, until later. And so he was trying to tell them I'm about to die. And just like the temple was torn down, I'm going to be torn down and then raised up after three nights and three days, just like Jonah was in the belly of the whale. I'm going to be in the belly of the earth. And they just were not getting it. So just a few days before the last Passover of his life, the, the festival of Passover, Jesus, his ministry headquarters was in Capernaum. He moved back towards Jerusalem for the end of his earthly ministry. Now on the way there, he stopped at Jericho to heal a blind man. His name was Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. And then he, while he was there, he also ministered to a tax collector named Zacchaeus. After all of that, Jesus then traveled to Bethany, uh, where he stayed with his friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. 
during the last week of his life prior to the, the crucifixion. Now, Jerusalem was a stir because the Sanhedrin had let everyone know that they were on the lookout for Jesus. The Sanhedrin let everyone know that, hey, we're looking for Jesus and we're going to have this man arrested. So many people thought that Jesus was not going to show up. He normally showed up in Jerusalem during the Passover, but there was like, maybe Jesus is not going to show up this time. And, and But Jesus did show up. And so he got up one morning and he was so compelled to go to the temple that he left Mary, Martha, and Lazarus's house in Bethany without eating breakfast. And so he's going going to Jerusalem from Bethany. And as he's traveling, he sees a fig tree afar off and the fig tree was full of leaves, but it had no figs. And this was symbolic or representative of Israel at the time. They had a lot of leaves, but they didn't have no figs. And so, so he goes out there, he cursed the tree. You know the story. He goes after he curses the tree, he goes into the temple, clears out the, 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 the temple from the money changers. He traveled that, that, you know, two and a half uh, uh, mile journey from Bethany to Jerusalem every day of that Passover week. Uh, uh, but that Sunday morning, the Sunday before Passover, Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey and the people went crazy. Oh my God. The, he rides into Jerusalem on the donkey and the people start cutting down palm branches and putting it down to where even the hooves of the donkey would not touch the ground. And they start yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is where we get Palm Sunday from. Palm Sunday is the Sunday before, Good Friday before Resurrection Sunday, where symbolic a representative of Jesus riding into Jerusalem on what we call the triumphant entry. So that night, after all of this is done, Jesus goes back to Bethany. Early the next morning, he goes out. I told you he clears out the money changers. The next day would be the day, the tough one for Jesus. After all of that, the money changers, cursing the fig tree, all of that stuff is done. The next day, he had to move around the city as he was ministering to people because the Pharisees were looking for him. And after all of that, he then had a meal, the meal that we call the Passover meal, the Last Supper with his disciples. Jesus told his disciples during the dinner, one of y'all here at the table, as everybody's taking their bread and dipping it and eating, one of you here at this table already betrayed me. And they was like, what, what? Who betrayed you? <laughs> Who betrayed you, you know? And so then after that dinner, he takes his inner circle, inner, inner. He had the 5,000. Right? He, hang, he hung out with them. He had the 70. He hung out with them. He had the 12. He hung out with them. But then he had the three. When it was the nitty gritty, he only rolled with Peter, James, and John. And so he goes with Peter, James, and John to the Garden of Gethsemane. And then he has the greatest battle of his life, the battle with himself. And so he's praying to the Father. And then after all of that, he's ready. He says, okay, not my will, but thy will be done. He's ready for the cross. Here comes Judas. Judas betrays him with the kiss, sells him for 30 pieces of silver. That night, he goes through six illegal trials. He stood before three trials before the Sanhedrin, three trials before the Roman tribunals. All of that, he was convicted without a real charge, with any eyewitnesses, without an opportunity to present a defense, without them finding him guilty of anything at all. They condemned the only sinless human to ever live. And so they, they nail him to a cross. They, they then put him on the cross at 9 a.m. He's on the cross the first three hours. Nothing happened other than he's on the cross. The next three hours, though, from noon to 3 p.m., the sun refused to shine because the sun, the S-O-N, was shining. And so darkness fell over uh, uh, Golgotha's hill while Jesus was on that cross from noon to 3 p.m. And at 3 p.m., the last prophecy was the vinegar. He says, I'm thirsty. They give him vinegar to drink. After all the prophecies were fulfilled, Jesus said, 
it is finished. Now let's talk about it. Number two, let's talk about it. What was finished? The debt for your sin has been paid for in full. The debt for your sin has been paid for in full. In the English translation, we have three words. It is finished. But in Greek, is only one word. That word is tetelestiae. What that word means, it means paid in full. It has been found. That word, that Greek word, has been found on old receipts where it was stamped paid in full. That means that once and for all, Jesus paid the price for our sin. And I want you to think about that. I want you to meditate on that for a minute. Uh, uh, you know, we had a price that we could not pay. And Jesus paid a price that we could not pay for a debt that he didn't even know. He came down from heaven just to make a way for us to get there. And he did it simply because he loves us. Jesus paid the debt for you and is stamped, paid in full. Like he paid the debt and the, whatever was due for your life, the debt has been satisfied. The, 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 the check has already been paid. You know how when you go out with some people and you, you know, you're like, okay, can I get the check? Oh no, he already paid. What? When did, when did you do that? Yeah, when I went to the bathroom, I talked to the, you know, whatever. No, no, no. Jesus already paid the debt. So 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 you, you don't have to try to pay the debt now. Jesus paid it. You can't work for your, look at me. You can't work for your salvation. It's already paid for. You can't work for it. Like the, 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 the bill is already paid. Like if you try, oh, but now hold on, hold on. Let me try to do this. Yeah, you could, I'm going to talk about working in a minute, but you're not working to be saved. You better be working because you're saved. You're not working for your salvation because the, the, the debt has already been paid. All you can do now is receive what was already provided. All you can do now is receive by faith what was ever already provided by grace. Grace is unearned, unmerited, undeserved. Salvation does not come by works. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Salvation comes by grace. It's a gift. All you can do with a gift is receive it. So salvation has been offered to the whole world. Jesus died for everyone everywhere. And we got to preach it. We got to teach it. We got to tell it. Our faith now, all we can do is lay hold of what God has already provided. Once you're born again, yes, I'm going to tell you, you're not saved to sit, you're saved to serve. Once you're born again, yes, I'm going to tell you, you, you better get Get up and go get to work, but you're not working to be saved. You're working because you're saved. You're not working for grace because then grace would not be grace. You are working by grace. You are working empowered by grace. So you receive by faith what God already provided by grace, and then you receive the grace of God to go do what you're called to do. Say amen to that. All right. Number three, eternal life is available to you because of Jesus. I want you to know that eternal life is available to you because of Jesus and Jesus alone. You were born with a death sentence looming over your head. You were born disconnected from God with reservations to hell. I want you to know that when you were born into this world, you were born disconnected from God, no Holy Spirit. You were born with reservations to hell and it had nothing to do with what you did. I know, I know, I know somebody may be thinking, dog, Rick, normally you give me these messages. Listen, this is important. This is the gospel. I have to preach this. You know what I'm saying? So, so listen, it had nothing to do with what you did. You were not a sinner because you sinned. Let me slow down for the people in the back. You were not a sinner because you sinned. You sinned because you were born a sinner. 
Let me explain. You sinned because you were born, born a sinner. You, you sinned because that was your inheritance. You sinned because you, you were born with an inheritance of sin and death. Sin was your nature. It was the nature that was given to you as an inheritance because of Adam. So because, watch this, your performance, just to be clear, you could never work for salvation. Your performance could never get you out of the situation because it was not tied to your performance. Let me say that again. Your performance cannot get you out of the situation because it was not tied to your performance. It was tied to your nature and it was a nature that was given to you before you were born. And so at the end of the day, striving to be good, striving to be righteous could never change the issue because the issue was your issue before you were born. You were born that way. And so Rick, you go, okay, well, so what can I do? Well, you can be born again. See, you were born that way, but uh, what can I do? You can be born again. The only way to eternal life is to be born again because of one man, Adam, Adam left an inheritance of sin and death, but another man came. Come on now, the Bible calls him the last Adam. Jesus came to get us out of everything Adam got us into. So the Bible says, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20 and 21, the Bible says death comes to people because of what one man did, but now there is resurrection from death because of another man. I mean that in Adam, all of us die. In the same way, in Christ Jesus, all of us have been made alive again. This is Bible, right? This is, I'm talking about this is Bible teaching. Now let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 45 through 49. The Bible says, as the scriptures say, the first man, Adam, became a living person. But the last man, or the last Adam, which is Jesus, is a life-giving spirit. The spiritual man did not come first. It was the physical man that came first then the spiritual. First, the first man came from the dust of the earth. The second man came from heaven. All people belong to the earth. That's how you were born. They are like that first man of the earth. But those of us who are born again, now we belong to heaven. We're like the man that came from heaven, not like the man that came from the earth. So we were made like the man that came from the earth, and then we're born again like the man that came from heaven. I mean, this, this is good stuff. This is all in the Bible. So Jesus is the last Adam. Jesus, why is he the last Adam? Because there will not be another. That's why he said, it is finished. Everything that needed to happen is already done. Say amen to that. All right, number four, and finally, last thing for today, God did his part. I want you to know that God did his part. When Adam sinned, man died. You know, the Bible says in, in, in Genesis, he says, listen, the day that you eat thereof, the, uh, if you ever eat of the, of the fruit of this forbidden tree, the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. Now in Genesis 2 and 25, the Bible says that, that the man and his wife, they were naked and they were not ashamed. They were so God conscious that it, did, it didn't even... It didn't even register with them that they were naked. They were so walking with God, divine impulses of the Holy Spirit. It didn't even register to them that they were naked. They were just God conscious. They were covered with the glory of God. They were walking with God in the cool of the day. But the Bible says that when he ate, Adam ate, the eyes of both of them were open and they realized, oh snap, I'm naked. And then they start to cover themselves up. Why? Because as soon as they he ate, as soon as he ate, they died. They didn't die physically. They, they lived for 900 years. They died spiritually. The Holy Ghost was taken out as soon as he ate. And then once he ate, boom, now he was like, oh snap, now I got to live my life as a mere man. Because of Adam, now prior to him eating, he was a supernatural, he was a God man. 
But once he ate, the Holy Ghost left. And now he's like, man, now I got to live my life like a mere man. And all of us who are born into this world, we're born under that inheritance. We're born like a mere man. I'm just a man. I'm just a human. I'm just living or walking around with the earth suit. I'm just connected to this world. I have to live my life by my five physical senses until I find out about Jesus. And then once I find out about Jesus, now watch this. I can be redeemed, not back to Abraham. I can be redeemed all the way back to Adam, all the way back to Adam in the garden before the fall. I can be redeemed all the way back to the point where Adam walked with God in the cool of the day. Once I'm born again, boom, I get the Holy Ghost. Once I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm a God man. Now I'm walking around this treasure that we have. God put this treasure in earthen vessels so that the excellency of the glory could be of God and not of me. And so God gave me an answer. When Adam sinned and the Holy Spirit was removed, it didn't catch God off guard. He already had an answer. That answer is a person and his name is Jesus. Now, there would be a lot of time that would have to pass by. In the Old Testament, they had to do a bunch of stuff. The Old Testament is full of rites and rituals and routines. In the Old Testament, the Holy Ghost lived inside of a temple behind, above the Bema seat of the Ark of the Covenant that was in the holy, the most holy place, the Holy of Holies. And so you had the Holy of Holies. You had the, then there was an outer court, I mean, uh, inner court, and then there was an outer court. And everybody could go to the outer court. Only a few people could go into the inner court, but only one person, the high priest once a year, could visit the most holy place. So you have one person once a year that could visit what Adam had 24-7. So, so this person, the, the high priest, only could visit the Holy Spirit, whereas Adam had the Holy Spirit. So in the Old Testament, the, these are types and shadows. In the New Testament, Jesus said, it is finished. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that when Jesus said, it is finished, finished, the veil in the temple was ripped, was torn. The Bible the Bible says from top to bottom, this thing was about 30 feet high. Think about it. 30 feet high, there's this veil. 30 feet high. Some people say, some scholars say it's, it was as thick as 10 to 12 inches thick. Man, that's huge. That's a huge curtain, 30 foot high, 10 to 12 inches thick. And the Bible says, and the Holy Ghost was behind that veil. And, and, and when Jesus said, it is finished, the veil was torn, not from the bottom. No human did it. The veil was torn from top to bottom. God reached down as soon as his son said, it is finished. He, God reached down, grabbed the top of that thing and ripped it wide open and said the Holy Ghost would no longer live in this temple. Now, 50 days later, we got born again. And watch this. Now, here you are and the Holy Ghost lives in you. You are the temple of God. Jesus was saying, it is finished. He was saying the journey is over. The mission is complete. The debt is paid. Humanity now has salvation. Uh, salvation. Sin and death are no longer an uh, issue for you. So my question for you as I close is this. Jesus said it is finished. For him, it was finished. He did his part. He, he, he provided eternal life. But will you be able to say the same? Will you be able to get to the end of your life and say, Father, here I am. It is finished. Will you be able to say like Paul? Paul was writing one time. He said, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I would rather just go to heaven. I got a glimpse of heaven one day. One day I was, I got called up. I knew this man. Uh, he got called up to the third heaven, whether in the body, out of the body. I don't even know. When I got called up into heaven, I don't even know if my physical body went or not. I don't know, but I saw some things that, that I can't even talk about. I saw some things that is unlawful for me to speak about. So to be honest with y'all, I would rather not even be down here with y'all. I would not, I would rather just die and go to heaven but it is expedient that I stay. God has some stuff for me to do, so I'm going to stay because God has some stuff for me to do. But at the end of his life, he said, oh, glory to God. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. Wait a minute, Paul. Everybody's not saved. Yeah, 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 but I finished my course. Wait a minute, Paul. The gospel hasn't gone out throughout the whole world. Yeah, but, but, but I finished my course. I finished my course. I kept the faith. 
So now I can go. And shortly thereafter, he died and went to heaven. Jesus was able to say, it is finished. My question for you is, will you be able to say, like Jesus said, like Paul said, it is finished. Will you be? Will you get out of you everything that God deposited inside of you? I don't know about you, but I'm determined. I'm determined to get to the end of my life empty. I, I'm determined, like a lot of people on this call right now in military, I want to be able to get to the end of my life and put down there uh, MC, mission complete, or I also want to be able to say round spent. Like, I mean, I have no more rounds. Like, I'm done. Like, I've, I've spent all my rounds. I've got everything out of me that you wanted to get in me. I'm not going to die because I'm sick. I'm not going to die because I'm old. I'm only going to die when I'm done. I just want to get it all out of me. And when I'm, when I'm done and I get it all out of me, I want to be able to give up the ghost like Moses gave up the ghost. Give up the ghost like Jesus gave up the ghost. When I'm done, I just want to go. I'm going because I'm done. I'm not going because I'm sick. And so I just want to get out of me everything that God deposited in me. My question for you is, Jesus said, it is finished. Will you be able to say the same? I pray that you, you live with that determination, that you are going to run your race and be able to say, it is finished. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to speak this over your life. Speak this by faith. Say, Father, I will never cease to give you praise for what Jesus did for me. Jesus willingly took on a debt he didn't know for a price I can never pay. Jesus offered his blood as a payment for my sin. My debt is paid in full. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. The very least I can do now is to live out the remainder of my days in submission to your will. You brought me to the earth for such a time as this. I humbly submit to my purpose. Jesus fulfilled his destiny. And I am determined to fulfill mine. When I get to the end of my life, I want to be able to say, it is finished. In order to do so, I have to live every day with purpose and on purpose. And I declare that I do. I will not die because I'm sick. I will not die because I'm old. I will only die when I'm done. So I will keep living and keep performing your will until I'm finished, which is why I can boldly declare greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word. Man, there was a lot in that. There was a lot in that. There's no today's word tomorrow. You can watch this again tomorrow. Watch it again today. There was a lot in that. You need to get this down in your heart. Do me a favor. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you, and then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Hey, before I close, it's a Friday, so I like to do different things on a Friday. Let me just share something with you real quick. So these are our kids in the Dominican Republic. This is our feeding program. Thank you to our partners and supporters. Those of you that support us, thank you so much. Without this food, uh, sometimes these kids, this is the only meal they get. And we also give food to our staff. So I just want to thank our partners and our supporters for that. And then I also want to tell you that Isabella and I are going to be in the Dominican Republic next week. This is the, the school is already built, but now the church is going up. And so we're excited about it. We're going to be there. Glory to God. And so thank you so much 
for our partners and our supporters. Uh, thank you so much for the people uh, that sow into our ministry. So uh, you are a partaker of the grace that's on our lives. If you want to be a partner with us, go to ripministries.org and click on the donate button and make a, a donation. All the donations are tax deductible in the United States. I love you. God loves you more. I will see you on Monday morning. Have an amazing weekend. God bless you. Oh,